like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we gather today. And I pay my respects to their elders, past and present. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples here today. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Inspired by Yarra. This is the podcast that's been created to enhance, connect and inspire the Yarra Valley Grammar community and beyond. So wherever you happen to be listening from today, I want to thank you for tuning in. It's Paul Jaw here and I'm delighted to present to you another conversation with a Yarra old grammarian, a yog. And today I sit down with Anna Johnston from the class of 2012. She is a friendly student who actually, and I discovered this in our conversation, she spent 13 years of her life from prep right through to year 12. She lived and breathed Yarra through and through for the best part of her life. Now continues to be warm and friendly. And I love the exploration that we discover today about the need for a growth mindset. She had a particular uh, pathway in mind and perhaps more specifically what she wasn't going to do. But as she explored and experimented, she realized that a slightly different version of that same idea was one that was actually going to fit her really, really well. I think you're going to enjoy this conversation with Anna Johnston from the class of 2012. Here we go. Anna, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Paul. Great to be here. Tell me... um, to begin with, what was the year that you started at Yarra? When did your journey at Yarra begin? The millennium, 2000. So, I went right through from prep. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know that. So, yeah, boy, in what's that, 12, maybe even 13 years, that would see some changes, obviously, in, your, in yourself, but also in the school. Um, yeah, massive change. Goodness me, that's, that is really significant. Tell me about a camp or an excursion experience that you remember from junior school that was particularly memorable? Did you leave anyone behind? Did you, did the teacher (laughs) embarrass themselves somehow? Did you go to a place that was like the coolest place to go? Um, I remember in year four, actually, we went to the school's campsite in Glen Maggie. Yep. Yep. And that was sort of the first camp where we actually spent um, quite a bit of time. I think it was the first time we'd actually done a whole week away because in year three you sort of did uh, two or three days. Um, so this was the first time we had a full week. And I remember it being like the middle of winter, there's not a lot of heating, um, but we had so much fun. Like we played this game on the property where we all got split up into Um, I think we were different animals on the food chain. And so there were like snakes and frogs. And so the snakes could um, basically that started off as like a group of two or three. And it was basically a giant game of tag, except you joined whichever animal um, was your predator. And so progressively the snakes got bigger and bigger and bigger and the frogs were dwindling. Um, But it was on this huge property all throughout this bush and like kids, you just sort of see people and you're like, run, just running away as fast as we could. Um, so that was, I remember that being a really fun camp. And I think we went back again in year seven um, to the same place, but it was a different camp that time. It was more of a journey. So you went away and did kayaking and a hike and a bike ride. 
Um, so it was nice to go back to the same place but do something completely different. Yes, they're great memories, I think, on camps, and school camps definitely have that for many people. And you're quite right, though. Lake Glen Maggie, the campsite there, fairly um, rough and tough, fairly simple in a, in a really beautiful mm. way, as you say, the bushland, the lake nearby and the activities you can do there, yeah. quite stunning. Um, but, yeah, pretty, pretty uh, we were breeding them tough back then. <laughs> yes. Yes, I feel there's probably a few things that, in hindsight, uh, probably wouldn't pass OHS um, these days. But um, it was it was good fun when I was. Yeah, kid. tell me a little bit about then the transition. Let's move really quickly into secondary school. Um, do you find or do you recall that it was useful and helpful to have been a junior school student at Yarra to then make the transition? You kind of knew your way around a little bit. Was that a help for you? Yeah, massively. Okay. Massive help. I like. I think we were 60 or so of us in year six that went through to year seven. And so the year level doubled to about 120. Um, and so knowing half the year level just made such a difference in terms of adjustment. I know there was a few people who came in new and they didn't know anyone. They didn't have anyone from their primary school come through and it definitely took them a little bit longer to adjust. Um, so I was really lucky that I had some really close friends. Like my best friend is from prep. And so we've been right through together. Um, so that was, that definitely made it a lot easier. Just already having those friends, everything's so new in year seven, it's a completely different way of learning to year six. And so it was just really nice that you had that bit of stability. Fantastic. Do you remember, were you in 7.1? Were you in 7.3? Do you remember back that far? (sighs) I think I was in 7.2. Okay, they were the best, weren't they? Uh, obviously, <laughs> I was there. <laughs> where, uh, where, would you, where would you hang out? You know, year seven, year eight, who were your people? Who was the, the crowd that you used to hang with? Like, were you out on the sports field? Were you in the library? Were you waiting in the queue at the tuck shop? Were you hanging outside the principal's office? Where, where would we find you? <laughs> You know, I actually don't remember that much of Year 7. Um, I'm going to take a guess that I was probably doing a bit of music. Right, yes. Um, and probably up on the basketball courts for a bit. Um, but Year 7, I sort of tried out a few different groups of friends. Like I was always quite friendly with a lot of the people in our year level. Um, so I feel like I sort of tried out a few different people during that year just to sort of expand beyond the couple of close friends I had from primary school. Um, but, yeah, I don't have a distinct memory of, like, that was my year seven, I was in this sure. place. You did mention, though, music, and I, I think part of the program, part of the experience of year seven is to try and open people up to the opportunity to try a new instrument. Do you remember what you uh, had a go at learning? I did trombone. So I had already been part of Yarra Music's programs for quite a while. So I did cello from, I think, grade three, two or three for a couple of years there. Then I did piano and then I started flute in year five. And so I was doing flute and piano in year seven. So I was like, I've done the stringed thing. We'll go for brass. So I went um, and did trombone for a term, um, which was... Yeah, very difficult. It's a lot of pressure in just the mouth. Right, which which gives us a little or you a little bit of insight into 
the other Year 7s who haven't played an instrument, don't have that background, they're coming at it really cold. So perhaps that's why Mm. they don't encourage you to keep playing an instrument you already know how to play, but try something different. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely to put everyone on that sort of same level footing. Everyone's a little bit uncomfortable. You've got to try something new. You can't do the same thing forever. Was tr- um, yeah, I know heaps of people who changed their instrument at that yes. point. Yes. So for you, what about trombone? Was that something that you continued or did you say that's enough? No. No, no, that was that was enough okay. for me. <laughs> but music for you was an important part of your journey at Yarra. Tell us a little bit about some of those experiences, maybe a highlight performance or did you love the practice more than the performance or what, what was your kind of why did you keep going back to music? Um. I think I've always enjoyed listening to music and different styles. Like even now I listened, I'm quite happy to listen to pretty much anything. Um, I really liked the people. I really liked that the Yarra Music Program brought together junior people and senior people. So I was lucky in year eight to go on the music camp to Queensland. Um, And I have this really strong memory of um, there was a chapel up there that we sang at and it just had the most beautiful acoustics. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was really fun to just sort of hang out with your friends, but you're also kind of doing this school trip and playing music that you've spent a whole term practicing for. Um, yeah, it was really exciting. And then I did the next one was in, to New Zealand in year 12. Yeah. And that was really fun as well. Um, yeah, always just really enjoyed. Yeah, that's excellent. And, and were you able to to turn your hand to a few different instruments or was it just voice or what what was sort of what was your your suite um so I did the piano up until I think year eight um then I think I just realized that the two hands doing different things I wasn't that great at um I mean I we had some real piano prodigies around um the year level my year level and the year level below me and above me so I wasn't even going to try to compete with that, Um, but I did continue the flute right through to year 12. Um, So I really liked, um, I really liked the flute just in terms of doing the bands. I found that um, like, it was really nice to sort of be, I guess, part of that sort of collective team um, playing something. And it also meant if you screwed up a note or two, it wasn't as noticeable. Yes. Yep. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so the singing just, I think if you're part of other music stuff, you tend to just turn your hand to it. Um, I actually didn't really join the choirs, I think, until year 11, 10 or 11. Um, And the reason I mostly joined them was because my friends and I were on music camp at the start of the year. We were just singing some random pop song. It sounded really cool, so we decided to start our own vocal group. How's that? Right. Yeah. What was it called? That was Verendum, if, uh, Verendum, if anyone yes, remembers it. Yes, I do. I do. Yeah. And where does that name come from? Uh, honestly, we when we decided, oh, we should make a group, we were singing something together. We're like, wow, that sounds awesome. They're like, could we call ourselves the Awesome Vocal Group? I'm like, nah, that's, that, we can't do that. That sounds terrible. So then I think we Googled awesome in different languages and I think it came up from Latin um, but uh, it, I don't think it actually means it in um, that context. It's uh, perhaps a little uh, more uh, inappropriate. Um, but Google Translate didn't really tell us that at the time. <laughs> a, uh, a primitive version of it perhaps back then. Yes. Um, so that's really interesting. I, I like your 
observation of your own ability or maybe challenge of the two hands playing piano trying to do two different things at once but as a student as a musician as a uh, a member of community you do end up having to juggle quite a few different pursuits and different um things to take your attention i wonder if we can move now to secondary school particularly senior school um what were sort of the the subject areas where you would say you excelled in where where did you enjoy what was the sort of the stream that you headed towards oh i was pretty diverse actually i was kind of i i, I mean i did all the things i i basically just wanted to do a bit of everything because i didn't know exactly what i wanted to do um, so I, um, did quite well in French. So I actually did it an exchange, um, for a year between well, sort of year nine to 10. Um, so I spent 12 months basically becoming fluent in it. And then, um, it meant when I came back to Australia, I actually completed, uh, VCA French in year 11. Um, so I was quite involved there. Um, I got quite involved in drama. Um, it wasn't ever my plan to do drama in VCE, but I auditioned for the year 11 um, play, which was A Midsummer Night's Dream. And I actually really enjoyed preparing for the audition. And I was like, yeah, I could do this in year 11. Different subject. Um, my, I felt for me it would sort of help with that confidence of public speaking and just sort of putting yourself out there into something you're uncomfortable with so I, I just did it for year 11 that went okay so I decided to do it for year 12 as well um but I where I actually wanted to go was um in sort of business uh, and commerce so I knew from about year 10 that I was like I want to get into a bachelor of commerce at um Monash University that was my thing so right. I the pre- only prerequisite for that was doing an English. So I did literature, which um, I wasn't bad at. Um, I always enjoyed reading. So it was the no-brainer subject for me. And then I had to get a 25 in math methods. So I remember in year 11 math methods, I don't think I did so well during my second semester, but I knew I had to pass the exam and I, I was not at the point that I was going to pass the exam. So I crammed for a whole weekend and basically taught myself the entire semester's worth of work, passed it so I could do year 12 math methods and then aimed for a 29 and got a 29. Not that we would recommend that strategy. No, I definitely would not recommend it. Um, Definitely aim a bit higher, but um, yeah, for me, I just knew that I could spend a lot of time on something that perhaps didn't come quite as naturally to me as some of the other subjects. so. And it's interesting to me, and I'd like you to speak to the, the idea that in business, and, and I appreciate that perhaps you've continued to follow that pathway, um, the value of doing some maths and the value of doing some drama in the mix of then in business. Like did either of those or both of those become a useful experience for you in your career? Yeah, definitely. Um, drama in particular, I think it's for teenagers is amazing in terms of developing empathy um, because there is nothing forces you to think about someone else and someone else, how someone else might be feeling. 
than actually trying to play a character that's feeling that way. I think it was great for that and also um, making me very comfortable with um, being uncomfortable and doing things that I'm nervous about. So in your 12 drama, you have to create your own seven-minute solo performance. So you get some guidelines, but basically it's seven minutes of you performing and you develop, you spend a whole term or semester developing this thing. You then perform it to your friends, families, and peer peers. And then you have to perform that to three people who will grade you and a good portion of your mark depends on that. So I think if you've performed seven minutes of, uh, self-created drama um it's uh few things make you uncomfortable after that um and then I think from the maths point of view um so I majored in accounting and economics when I went to uni um I had no intention of being an accountant um and eight years later I am a fully qualified chartered accountant so um, that plan didn't go so well um but I think accounting is the language of business and you need at least basic math to be able to do that. Um, And I think particularly as the world is starting to head more towards um, sort of this use of big data and computers become more more important, all those systems are based on logic and math is at the core is about logic and stepping things through. And if you want to do anything to do with computers, that is about the logic and you go, okay, what do we do first? What's the first rule? What's the second? You just step your way through the argument. Yeah, I really appreciate that. That subjects or topics for me and maybe for some of the listeners that would seem to be uh, fairly far apart in terms of, let's just say, drama Mm. and mathematics, both of them for different reasons have proven to be really, really vital in in your journey. Do, Do you think you were aware, you've said a couple of times that, getting outside of your comfort zone was something that you know now at least to have been a good thing. Do you think you were aware of that at the time? Is that something that you were conscious of? Yeah, 100%. Really? So, yeah. Yeah, so I, when I decided to go on exchange, I did all the research myself. I looked up all the companies you could do it through. I worked out how much it was going to cost. And I went to my parents with this sort of, stack of research. And I was like, I want to go on exchange. I think it will be good for me. Um, year nine and 10, it's a lot about tasting different subjects. I'm like, I think I want to do business stuff, but I also, um, really want to develop my French. That makes sense because I can do that as a VCE subject. And sort of, I gave them the business case and said to them, like, I actually convinced them. I was like, it's actually going to cost you less than uh, my school fees for the year. Um, and my mother was like, no, like, actually at first she was, she wanted to say no. She's like, ah, okay, fine. But ask your father, like, he's not going to say yes. And, um, my dad and I are very much on the same wavelength. So he knew that I had probably thought about it for quite a while and been quite logical about it. So he actually said yes straight away. Um, so mum then couldn't really say no. Because and then she was like, because she was like my baby. Yes. She's like 15. How can thing, I let her a go? It's a huge thing for a parent to, to, to let your, your daughter head off to the other side of the world. Um, that takes great confidence as a parent, confidence in your, in your daughter's ability to look after herself and to get around and to, but you're quite right. Perhaps the, 
your character of doing the research, of doing the planning, of presenting uh, a couple of options and so forth is um, perhaps gives them that confidence. So well done, it worked. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And I think one of the reasons that I really wanted to do it is I just knew I, I mean, you can read all my report cards. They all say the quiet achiever. And I knew that um, I, I couldn't just sit in the corner and be quiet all the time. I needed to get out of my comfort zone. Like I had always had um, my best friend kind of in the same year level as that sort of support. And I was like, if I ever want to be good at making friends with different people, because we're not always going to be together, I kind of just need to dive right in and give it a go. It's a, a very... Uh, mature approach and uh, and perhaps in that sense you're a little bit ahead of your time you mentioned there that your your teachers would often say in their in a report that you were the quiet achiever that you would uh, not necessarily contribute a lot to the discussion and to the class but were still able to um, progress and learn and grow and develop and all those important things what would a report card say today about Anna Julius who back then was Anna Johnston, but what, what would a report card say now about your willingness to show up? Uh, I get involved in a lot of things. Um, very happy to be out and about, always happy to chat to people, even people I don't know. It's, yeah, I'm very comfortable with, um, I guess, putting myself out there and trying new things. I um, often take a lot of initiative, so um I joined an industry um, committee for young professionals because I was like, I want to meet more people in my industry. Might as well get involved in the committee. Went and joined that. That wasn't anything that was driven by my company. It was just something that I chose to go off and do myself. Um, but think sort of actions like that have generally served me well. Fantastic. And and certainly each time you do that and you realise actually it's not too bad, in fact there's benefits to it, gives you more confidence exactly. to do it again. For sure, for sure. We're talking with Anna Johnston. Um, Anna, I wonder, you may have mentioned what your goal was, but I I can't recall whether you said whether you achieved your goal in terms of leaving Yarra, going on to uh, university. What course and how did you go? Um, Yeah, so I did a Bachelor of Commerce at Monash. So now I will actually backstep and say originally I wanted to do commerce law. And I didn't actually get the score I needed to get into that. And in hindsight, absolute blessing in disguise for me. I've done a little bit of law stuff. I find it very interesting, but it is not for me. And I know that now. Um, At the time, it was a little heartbreaking. um, But I knew if I wanted to transfer later, I could try for that. Um, But yeah, so I majored in accounting and economics. I did reasonably well. Um, Couldn't tell you what my GPA was. (laughs) Um, but that was sort of three years. I just went straight in from Yarra, um, did that, and then started full-time work from there. Right. And can you tell us a little bit about what work looks like now? Now, we are recording this in the midst of the COVID lockdown, so I imagine you might even be working from home. But what's normal? Do you, If you were going to work, do you go to an office? Are you going to rural? Are you in the city? Are you catching public transport? Just go us through a normal day. Um, so yeah, normally I work at an office in the city. Um, so I work at a company called Deloitte. Um, and so normally I just take the train in in the morning, um, work during the day in the city there. That's pretty cool. Um, 
but sometimes I would be off at client sites. So last year I spent pretty much the whole year off at a client site, which was in the city, but I've been at client sites in the Western suburbs. I once was in Perth for a couple of months, which was cool. I'd never been there before. Um, so it was a nice opportunity to see a beautiful part of our country. Um, but yeah, at the moment I'm working from home. Um, so I've got myself set up in the spare room now. I was on the end of the dining table for a little bit there, which um, did make the kitchen and dining room feel like um, work when I wasn't working. Um, so it's nice to have my own space. Tell us then a little bit on how you separate uh, work from home, given that you were working from home and you used to have the transition of, of some uh, travel time, some commute time, just for, you know, we'll be releasing this episode and we'll still be in lockdown when we release it. And there's a lot of people mm. working from home, as you are. How have you managed that? How do you switch off or do you tend to find yourself working longer than perhaps you normally would? Um, I mean, it definitely is easier to work late nights Um when the kitchen is just there so you just pop out for a little bit of food and you're like oh I can just go a little bit longer but um I've been I've tried to be quite disciplined about actually turning off my computer at the end of the day I know a lot of people just put it on sleep or just lock it but I've actually like I fully shut it down and so once it's off for the night it doesn't come back on um I am very fortunate that we have a spare room that I can call my office um so that definitely makes a difference being able to physically shut the door on it um, but also I'm, what I've sort of been doing of late is actually just when I do finish my day, I actually just spend a couple of minutes, just, I stay in the room for a few minutes and actually just give myself a moment to sort of reset before I move into the next part of my day, whatever that is. Um, but I mean, a nice side effect has been that I can go for a nice little walk around the block, um, during the day and sort of see a bit more sunshine than perhaps I would if I was in the office. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree. I think having those little rhythms of those rituals to help you make those transitions is really, really important. Um, and I think it's helpful for our listeners to hear some of the, the different things that have been working for you. I wonder over your journey, whether it's something that started at school or is, is something more recent, whether there is a, a daily ritual, are there routines or rhythms that you find really important once upon a time it might have been uh, fitting in some rehearsal um, maybe exercise is part of it maybe just taking a few deep breaths is is a practice that you find helpful I wonder what helps you be your best um I think for me I actually really like variety and so one of my top values is actually growth um like if I'm learning different things, doing different things, that really energizes me. So um, having um, different things going on is sort of what keeps me going. So I've just gotten, um, I'd fallen off the reading bandwagon for a little bit. And so I've just started getting back into that a bit more. And that's been really nice because I sort of feel like I'm learning that way. Um, and so at school, that's where I really liked the diversity of the activities that we had on offer and being able to pretty much do all of them was um, something that I really enjoyed. Um, so I think that's sort of, yeah, that's kind of helped me throughout because it means that I do tend to pick up these kind of just different tidbits of things and sometimes that helps you to make connections in your work or you just your general life. You sort of can bring ideas together. Your 
passion for reading and, and you did literature when you're at school and, and you've just re-engaged with reading again, what are some book recommendations? What's one or two favourites? Um, I really love The Wild Swans. The author's name escapes me at the moment, um, but it's a really interesting book about, um, and it's based on a true story. So the author, um, her, it's the story of her, I think, great-grandmother, grandmother and mother growing up um, through China, um, in China, throughout sort of pre-Mao and then Mao and then sort of a bit more modern. Um, it's a really, it's a thick book, but it's a really good read. Um, and recently I just read Humankind by Rutger Bregman, which is um, uh, very thought-provoking. So I won't spoil that one, but um, yeah, ha- highly recommend that one. If you read one book this year, I would recommend Fantastic. that. Fantastic. No, that, that's a very strong recommendation. I appreciate that. I wonder whether um, you think back to uh, your time at Yarra, and this podcast is called Inspired by Yarra. Were there opportunities or experiences or people or circumstances that you found inspiring, whether it be you actually being in the midst of it and having to step outside of your comfort zone, which you looked for, those opportunities, or whether it was it somebody else perhaps. Tell me about inspiration and what that looked like for you as a student. Um, I think what I found, and this probably comes back to the drama music part, um, Again, I always found it quite inspiring seeing the senior students and sort of what they were doing. I mean, I wonder whether I did the same for the younger ones, but just some of the performances they did. Um, I remember like Les Mis and um, Romeo and Juliet. Those were just so beautifully done. And some of the performers in there were just incredible. Um, and that's sort of what really drew me to those sort of programs. Um, yeah, I think just seeing people, whatever their passion was, there was an opportunity to do that. So there were some people who were like amazing at soccer or cricket and whatever it was, like you you had a place to absolutely shine in that. Yeah, and, and you're right, a school like Yarra has so many diverse opportunities that most people find there something. Um, and for some it might mm. be a few different uh, areas, but uh, most people find their way into something. You mentioned sport there. Were you a lover of Saturday sport? Is that something that you looked forward to? And what was your specialty? Um, So I did volleyball and soccer. Absolutely loved both of them. Um, So I was in the first soccer from like, oh, it was like year seven or eight. It was because basically when I started um, soccer, I think there was firsts and then it was maybe like one or two other teams for girls soccer. It wasn't very popular. So if you could kick a ball half decently, you were in firsts. Um, but I remember by year 12, it was a bit more competitive. Um, but I really enjoyed that. I also was quite involved in the swimming usually. Um, okay. Yep. Yep. So as in yeah, a so uh, house swimming or was it more uh, representing the school as well? Uh, house swimming and I represented the school a little bit when I was a bit younger and then I think um, as I got more senior I maybe just did the relay I was was sort of like number four or five I wasn't really number one Um, that was sort of the people who were doing squad swimming two three times a week every week Um, and I I valued my sleep a little bit and and you're quite right those people have found their thing and they are wonderfully committed to that and hats off to them I say too yeah (laughs) 
You mentioned yeah, you mentioned before there that you like the idea of growth and uh, you're constantly on the lookout for ways to grow. What area are you growing in now? What's something that you're learning about at the moment? Um, some pieces. Um, I was teaching myself a little bit about computer programming um, for a bit there, just out of interest. Um, I mean, data is quite... Uh, quite a big topic at the moment. And I think um, being able to sort of have an understanding of the technical side of things, but also the accounting side can be quite valuable in a business. Um, I picked up a little bit of origami during lockdown. Um, been trying out lots of different recipes, actually, just trying to sort of be a bit more creative in the kitchen. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not striving for perfection in anything, but just, uh, yeah. Trying to do some yeah, absolutely. Things. I think that's a, a great approach is just to give things a go and uh, and explore and try new things. I think that's a, a really, really good mm. uh, mantra for life. Each new day presents another opportunity, most definitely. I wonder whether you could uh, talk to us a little bit about um, the power of a school and the people that you hang out with. They, they tend to have an influence. They tend to uh, help you work out who you are and and how you're going to show up in the world. Can you talk a little bit about the influence of your friends, your peer group, perhaps even towards the the latter part of your time at Yarra, and wh- how they may have shaped who you are today? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I think my peer group. I mean, mostly. Um, music drama students, but I did, I was, like I said earlier, I was quite friendly with most of the year level. Um, but everyone was uh, probably high achievers, so they all um, were, I guess, hungry to do well. Um, and I think that it sort of encourages you, right, if you're um, if you're having a day where you're not feeling so flash about something, it does encourage you, it creates that little bit of competition. Um and I think uh, there was a lot of people now you level with that. I remember there was one person who was famous for um, getting 100% on a test and saying I could have done better. Verbatim quote there. Um, wow. thought that was quite incredible. Um, but I think they also helped me to keep a really broad perspective. So I'm really good friends with probably four people from Yara still. Um, and we've all gone in completely different directions. We've got a nurse, we've got the sort of, um, I guess, artist, we've got a teacher and um, we've got someone who sort of initially started down this um, science route and has sort of pivoted now. But it just means you've got quite um, quite different perspective. It's very easy in um, business. I find you meet a lot of people at uni that have the same ideas and you make friends with them and you sort of can end up in a bit of a group think bubble. Um, so having these people who are just completely away from the world that I'm in at work um, is really valuable now. Even when I have issues at work, I can sort of bounce off and like, what, what would happen in your area if you had this kind of behaviour? And you can sort of um, yeah, get some different perspectives. And you're quite right. Having those different perspectives and the, the different circles that those people move in does certainly contribute and helps you to realise that not everybody sees it through data, um, or a business mm. angle or a business kind of lens. So I, I, I love that notion of having friends and, and maybe family members who help you to see things from a, a different perspective. You've mentioned a couple of times mm. um, 
work and and obviously that's a big part of your life in terms of your journey and your career right now um it it's it's a prime time for you if things go really well for you let's say for the next five years where are you what are you up to what are you doing whether that be in career or in your your family life what's happening in five years time do you think uh i mean if i continue on the same path i'm on at, on at the moment uh, I'd be heading towards partnership um, at my company, which, uh, yeah, I mean, five years, that'd be pretty quick um, to do it in that time. But um, you never know. We'll aim for the sky, right? Um, I mean, yeah, other than that, uh, families on the cards at some point in the next decade, when that is, I don't know. Um We'll, we'll see how everything else works out. Um, I mean, if we go back to 12-year-old me filling out my um, end of year six booklet, um, we had to say where we would be when we're 30, so that's roughly the five years. And I said I would be a business analyst. Wow. So, so yes. tick. Um, wow. Yeah. I, I basically, I didn't want to be a doctor, a lawyer or a fireman, so I was asking my dad about other stuff. I'm like, I kind of like businesses and want to help people, so... He gave me that wording. Thank you, Dad. Um, so tick on that one. Um, I would have a house. I'm very lucky. I do have a house. Um, uh, we managed to get in before the property market went too crazy. I was going to have two kids. Um, and then the last one was I was going to have a Lamborghini. Um, mm. I now realize that's an incredibly impractical car, but, um, you know, you can always dream. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. What color would it have so, been? It was going to be a yellow. yellow one. A yellow wow. one, yeah. I really liked the Lamborghini Merchilago and I wanted a yellow one. Of course, one. but yeah. you're quite right, rather impractical. Yeah, I think particularly um, I remember there was someone who used to, uh, I think, own a Lamborghini in the Yarra community. Oh. I remember seeing it going over the speed bumps. and <laughs> Slowly. It didn't look good. Yeah, very slowly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I wonder, do you have, with perhaps with your literature background again, and uh, do you have... A, a quote or a a short story or a passage or a poem that you find inspirational that, I don't know, are you somebody who writes them on your mirror? Do you um, keep something on, on your phone to prompt you and remind you from time to time? Um, not exactly. Um, I mean, I always, I've always liked Nike's Just Do It. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of my personal mottos has always been, why not? And I think rather than thinking like, oh, gosh, like why should I be doing something and trying to think of the reasons why, you go, okay, well, why can't I do this? And if I can't convince myself out of doing it, then I should probably do Mm. it with certain limitations, obviously. But, um, yeah, that's sort of generally been my motto. So I feel like the Nike just do it kind of encapsulates that quite well. Yeah, that's good. Do you recall um, going into the city during maybe year nine, a year nine program, did they – take you into the city for some experiences there? Yes, we did. Uh, I think it was a week-long city experience when I was in year mm. nine. Um, I do remember it. I remember I think we basically just spent the, most of the week walking around the city and we interviewed a couple of people. Um, I remember we, Mr Shepherd knew one of the ex-reporters, sport reporters for one of the news channels. Yep. No idea who okay. they were, but apparently I interviewed Did them. Did you? Okay. 
And then we presented it back to the parents at the end of the week. But um, yeah, I remember the city was a pretty confusing place um, when I was a kid. There was a lot going on. Um, so it was, but it definitely helped me when um, I did have to go in by myself uh, thereafter because um, at least I had had my bearings. That's right. And, and I'm glad you came to that uh, full circle that you came to realise that, yes, while it's overwhelming and daunting and busy and what is the point of this, but it's actually about exposing you to it and and perhaps gently, gently trying to um, help you become comfortable in that busy space. And and mm. now, you know, normally in a normal circumstance, you would be there every day and, and it is your backyard nowadays. Yeah, definitely. I actually really, um, I quite enjoy, particularly in summer, um, when in Burke Street Mall there's often buskers, mm. just ha- going for a stroll after work in the sunshine nice warm weather, just the hustle bustle of people and sort of this music that just kind of pops up and you hear someone for a little bit and then it disappears and someone else comes out 15 metres away. It's, yeah, it's really nice. And do you appreciate quality or do you appreciate those who are having a go and and trying something different? Hmm. Can I say both? I mean, there's some people that are not great, but generally um, Melbourne has pretty good buskers. I think you actually have to audition to be a busker in Melbourne. So the quality is generally pretty good, but there are a couple where it just doesn't quite yes, hit them. Maybe they didn't quite get their uh, their ticket, but they went and did it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but exactly. I, I think busking is certainly one of those environments that you've really got to grow in confidence fairly quickly to put yourself out there in that environment. Is uh, that That's certainly a way to learn and grow really quickly. Mm. Oh, I, I applaud people who can busk. That is that is a hard gig. For sure. We're speaking with uh, Anna Johnston. Uh, Anna, I want to move to a, a little part of the interview that we call the lightning round where I'm going to throw a whole bunch of questions at you fairly quickly and I'm just looking for kind of gut feel, first response. Um, some of them you can share a little bit of the story behind but, but most of them will be maybe even up to one-word answers. You ready? Let's do, yeah, it. let's do it. Tell me, uh, to begin with, what house were you in when you were at Yarra? Plumber. Plumber. And Best were plumber house. any good yep. in your day? Yeah, I think we were so-so. We, we had a couple of years we did all right. I think I already know the answer the to this, spirit. but if you had the choice, house mu- uh, sorry, uh, house athletics or house swimming? Swimming. Yeah. Yeah, and did you have a pet yeah. event? Were you really good at the distance, or was it just about the uh, the relay, or did you have a go at the diving? Uh, oh, I don't think diving was an option when I was there. Ooh. Um, I was usually quite good at the backstroke. Aha, uh-huh. very good. And I often got thrown in for butterfly, mostly just because I could do it, not necessarily because I was the best at it. Often that's enough for butterfly, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> how did you uh, How did you travel to school? What was a normal day for you in terms of travel? Uh, Mum usually dropped us off on her way to work. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned us. Were there siblings? Oh, yeah. I have an older brother, Scott Johnston. Okay. So he was two years above me. Right. Yep. Yep. And did you catch the bus home or were you picked up on the way home as well? A bit of a mix. Um, so some days mum would work a bit later, so we'd take the bus sure, home. Sure, What was a regular feature in your lunchbox? I was a terrible lunchbox kid. I hated lunchbox, like sandwiches. Absolutely would not eat them as a kid. Um, so 
I often bought my lunch from Taft. Okay, and what was the go-to back in your day? Um, I think I usually got the pasta. Yeah, very good. Um, I assume that you are driving a vehicle. What was your first car? A 1998 Mitsubishi Magna. Oh, a Magna. Uh, have you still got it? Yeah. Uh, no, it, it died of slow death a couple of years ago. Um, yes. <laughs> I, I, I drove a Magna for a little while, I must admit, as well. Tell me a memorable moment for you at Yarra Valley Grammar. That's a broad, a sweeping question. So yes. many. So many. Um, I'm going to say this is a bit of bit left field. Um, I remember in grade one, we had a vision impaired student in our class and we had someone come in to, um, I guess show the rest of us what that might feel like. And so we had, um, glasses where we had sort of like a sort of slightly opaque, um, contact on the front and I just remember we were sort of leading each other around the primary school I don't know why that sticks out wow what a memory and and I I can imagine that but for you to think back all the way back there to year one that's that's really significant that's quite powerful that's Mm. great um what about a piece of work can you remember a piece of work that perhaps you and and you mentioned your uh, year 12 drama presentation that you worked on for, you know, months and months and months, or maybe there was a, a piece of English work that you did that you thought, oh, that was great, or or maybe a maths test that you were, were excited because you just passed, a piece of work that you were really proud of. I'm going to be honest, on the uh, drama front, I could not remember my performance at all. Like, you could show it to me and I wouldn't remember it. Um Weirdly, I'm going to go back to year six. I think it was Yara's 40th anniversary that year and we did um, dioramas on what Yara would look like in, I think, 20 or 40 years' Mm. time. And so you had to sort of shape the school. So I remember doing that um, and uh, just throwing it out there. But it does look like a lot of the buildings I had on there uh, have appeared. How's that? Yeah, I like to think that that was my design. Um, If there's a... If you guys put a car park under the oval, then I'll know it was my design. <laughs> there are certainly schools that uh, that have done that and need to do that. We're probably blessed in that circumstance that we've got a little bit more room um, to be able mm. to use our space differently. But uh, no, it's uh, you were ahead of your time by the by the sounds of it. Well done. <laughs> I wonder, Anna, whether you can recommend a, a a tool or a device or an app that either when you're a student or maybe even now that you found really or find really useful, that's helpful, a bit of a, 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 a hack that uh, others might be able to go, oh, I haven't heard of that one, or I'd like to try that. Oh, I mean, the best one for me is just a paper and pen, just get it on paper and you'll remember it better. So I just basically for work have a notebook where I just start drawing lines, I have whatever it is during the day, if it's meeting notes or I need to call someone. It's just all kind of jumbled together. Sometimes I have personal stuff on there, but getting back to pen and paper is quite helpful, I find. I must confess that uh, I'm probably in that camp as well. I uh, <laughs> always have a pen and paper with me and uh, and I find, yes, I might have some devices, but even if I've got them, I'll still go back to pen and paper. Yeah, yeah. that's terrific. I wonder whether you can recall the school motto, Lavavi Oculus and what that means. Do you remember what it means? 
do. It means um, I lift up my yes. eyes. And what does it actually mean? Uh, to me or yeah, to, to generally? You, yeah. to, to me? Um, I kind of think of it in two senses. Um, the first one being that sort of focus on the future. Um, don't spend too much time dwelling on the past. At the end of the day, you can't really change it. Um, and then I also think about not just focusing on yourself, but focusing on others and those around you. And whether that's just your little tribe of your family and your close friends and maybe some close colleagues, or if it's sort of broader than that and it's sort of yeah, your community or even the whole wide world, however ambitious you want to be in that. Mm. I, I agree. I think uh, it's a question that we ask here uh, most episodes and I, I do like the notion of it's a personal response but it generally talks about looking out for others and looking ahead looking forward uh, and I think all of those things are part of um, the ambition of a school like ours is to try and help all of us who are part of this community to to look beyond ourselves and it seems to me that mm. Yara has helped be part of that in your experience for the 13 or so years that you were part of this community it's uh it's tremendous. What is your connection, relationship, involvement with Yarra nowadays? Um, so I just did the speed careering recently, which was, um, yeah, pretty cool to see the next generation and what they're thinking about. Um, and then I just have um, a few close friends that um, from my time at school. And there's a few families that um, they're – um, kids were in my brother's year level, but we've sort of been close family friends probably, oh gosh, since I was probably three or four. So um, my parents still sort of are in contact for with For sure, them, so. for sure. Speed careering an opportunity for you not only to hear what the next generation are thinking, but also they're looking for your perspective and, and your thoughts on, on work life and, and career development. Tell me a little bit about advice, whether it was advice you gave them or let's say I had the opportunity, it would be a long while before I could do this, but we met in a coffee shop, we sat down and we got to spend a, a few moments together. What would be some advice that you would give a young person today? Um, I think whatever you think you're going to start out doing, um, don't, don't close yourself off to other opportunities. Um, so like when I said earlier that I wasn't going to be accountant, I was very firm when I finished year 12 and people heard I was doing commerce. It was like, so you're going to be an accountant? I was like, no, absolutely not. Um, and I'm now a fully qualified accountant. <laughs> and the reason I, I changed that was I actually, in first year uni, I did a subject in it and I was like, oh, this actually, yeah, maybe I'm – don't want to sit down and be doing someone's um, like being the accountant in a company doing their books, but I see that this is the language of business and it's really valuable to have that really broad skill set. It gives me lots of different opportunities and it's sort of by not completely closing myself off to that, I've sort of I have given myself quite a um, broad platform mm. from which I can still move jobs if I wanted to. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So keep open to the opportunities as they present, even if you're not expecting it to work mm. out quite that way. My last question is a, a two-part question, and I appreciate your time and your generosity. Um, what is the question that you 
wished I had asked you during this interview? And whatever that answer is, then please answer the question. I guess, what do I enjoy about what I'm doing at the what moment? A great question. Um, like, why why do I do the job that I do? Um, which actually I don't think we've covered. So just briefly, uh, I do corporate restructuring. So we basically uh, go into businesses that are going through a stressful period. So COVID would be a perfect example. Um, so often that's uh, like a shortage of cash or um, it can be operational issues that they're having and we try our best to sort of help them through that stressful period, stabilise the business and then look to their future options um, from there. And the reason that I do what I do and why I love it and, yes, I'm technically an accountant, but it's basically um, what I do is much more broad than accounting and I really get to be involved with different aspects of a business. So sometimes you are doing those more accounting things like sort of payroll on a company that might be running um, or it could be more operational aspects or dealing with leases or banks. And so I quite like that variety and I think that probably comes through from the variety that I had at Yarra. I liked doing all the different things then and I quite like having that variety now. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really good observation that you might have a title, you might even have a desk and you might have a role but even within that, one of the attractions is the variety that, that exists for you in day-to-day, week-to-week. Um, that, that does have some synergy for it, I think. Anna mm-hmm. Johnston from the class of 2012, thank you. Thanks for being inspired by those students who went before you and who did stuff and you liked it and then you became that student and uh, since then, whether you know it or not, have been and I think continue to be an inspiration to many others. Thanks for your time. Thanks for sharing your journey and thanks for being a guest on the Inspired by Yarra podcast. Thank you, Paul. Well, that wraps up another episode of Inspired by Yarra and I hope you found this little chat with Anna Johnston interesting, fascinating. I really appreciate the ability and the acknowledgement of her being so determined to not do a particular uh, form of study that would going to lead to a particular outcome. And then as she got into it, as she un- unlearned and then learned, discovered a little bit more, she realised that there was a way that she could support, nurture and give back to the wider community through her work, which is so critical. Terrific to be able to chat with our yogs, Yarra Old Grammarians, to learn from them as we unpack some of the twists and turns, some of the adventures that they have been on, and to recognise again how they have been inspired by Yarra. We'd love you to continue to tune in. You can subscribe on any of your podcast players, but also share. We'd love to grow the audience of more and more people who are listening and learning from these conversations. And if you've got a suggestion, a thought, somebody who is a yog who you think would be interesting to have a conversation with and to then share that, you can email us at podcast at ydu.edu. And I hope you'll join us again next episode when we sit down with another yog 
to see how they too have been inspired by Yarra. This is Paul Joy, and on behalf of everyone here at Yarra, and especially the team who put this podcast together, I want to wish you another day of inspiration where you get out there with intentionality to make a positive impact in the world around you. Thank you.